What is American Food is a podcast about how our food system is designed. I'm Allie Burlow, and we're exploring the widespread assumptions and gaps in knowledge that we have in the United States about the food we eat year-round. I'm Hannah Sumler. What is American Food explores the stories we tell and don't tell about our food security and nutritional health in the U.S. and what is what we call American Food. And today we're talking about an innovative cross-border food rescue program based out of the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona in Nogales. The Community Food Bank is one of the oldest, most established food banks in the U.S. And today we're speaking with Chief Operations Officer Dana Yost about what makes this food bank special. Here's Dana and Hannah, a clip from their conversation. And just as a heads up, we had some technical difficulties when we recorded Dana Yost, but he was too good. We didn't want to try to go back and fix perfection. So so thanks for the grace. So why are we special? Yeah, because you are. Yeah, we are special. Um, so, you know, one of the things that makes us different is that we do set on the Nogales port of entry as a part of our service territory under um, the contract that we have with Feeding America. Feeding America is this broad coalition of food banks across the country. Specific requirements within Feeding America deal with service area, areas that you can uh, you know, do philanthropy work, areas that you can seek donations and things like that. And we happen to have the Nogales Port of Entry as a part of our service area where roughly 6 billion with a B pounds of produce come across the border every single year destined for points all across North America and the world. Nogales ships all over the world to the Middle East, Japan, Europe. And so we we provide a business solution for the donors in Nogales to take the product that they can't otherwise sell and to try to get that to folks that need it. Last year, we shipped produce to 37 Feeding America food banks in 30 states. And so that makes us different. That makes us special. We also spoke with Ida Posner, the strategic advisor to the Posner Foundation, who has recently funded Community Food Bank's Produce Rescue Program. My role is to advise our trustees both on what areas we might want to be working on in terms of, um, again, the priorities of the foundation itself, but then also providing a perspective about specific grantees. Prior to my role here, I actually worked for the Pisces Foundation in San Francisco for three years, and that was really where my exposure to philanthropy started. And it was a really a great learning opportunity in what strategic philanthropy can do and the difference between just making a charitable donation and really making a strategic grant. So now I have a really fun job because I get to work with our trustees and our executive director to start thinking about, you know, what are the areas that we might have personal interest in working in, but then also where are the high leverage opportunities? Where can our resources really make a difference? And where are the gaps in philanthropy? One of the things we really like to think about is investing in places where others may not. For context, the Community Food Bank of Southern Arizona opened its doors in January 1976 in response to a severe economic downturn and widespread layoffs in the Tucson area. Since that time, the food bank has grown most noticeably in numbers of clients with over 200,000 individuals annually. Today, the Community Food Bank provides not only hunger relief assistance, but programs that address the root causes of hunger. They provide a range of programs and services, including culinary job training and a community kitchen that prepares and distributes over 100,000 community meals each year. The food bank also runs a large community farm that's home to 75 household plots. It also has a shared garden, a chicken co-op, and learning areas for young children and youth. 
These days, they host virtual and in-person gardening workshops with free or low-cost materials for home food production and farm-to-child programming in local schools. Our focus in this episode looks at how Community Food Bank's Produce Rescue Program in Nogales is looking to address both the immediate needs of hunger relief, rescuing millions of pounds of fresh produce for food banks across the country, as well as opportunities of workforce development for the people of Tucson and Nogales looking to work for the produce sector. Here's Dana Yost again. Uh, There's only a couple of other food banks in the nation that actually sort of have stewardship of of something like the Nogales Port of Entry. Beyond that, I think that, you know, we have a, uh, we're a, we're a 45 year old food bank. We have deep roots in um, social justice work in doing root cause work. Um, it's, it's a part of our mission. It's a part of our makeup, our DNA of who we are. 84% of our fresh produce from the U S crosses the border from Mexico in the winter months through the port of Nogales. That's six billion pounds, billions with a B, for all you that can compute numbers. Even the low estimate of 1% that does not get sold means that 60 million pounds need rescuing. And even then, 6,000 tons still end up in the local landfill. That's roughly 300 semi-tractor trailer loads a year. Here's Dana again. We, you know, we sit on a resource that's phenomenal from uh, a lot of different perspectives. It's phenomenal from a food waste perspective. The landfill in Rio Rico, Arizona, which is right next to Nogales, if it closed tomorrow, would be a super fun site because of all the produce waste that goes into that. We also sit on a resource uh, that's got tremendous potential to have an impact on hunger relief across this country. And so I think that, you know, the work that we're doing to rescue fresh produce out of Nogales and and also in Mexico is, is some of the most important work that we do. In Mexico, a lot of produce can end up staying in the fields, like it does in the U.S. But up until now, Community Food Bank's produce rescue area, as determined by Feeding America territorial contracts, has been focused on the Nogales port of entry. They've been doing an incredible job rescuing 100 million pounds in the last three years. That's 2,500 semi-tractor trailers from 280 businesses that operate through Nogales sent all across the country to food banks in need of produce in the winter months. But just like California Food Bank Association contracts with farmers across their agricultural region, Community Food Bank is looking to do the same and go to the farms upstream that happen to be across the border in Mexico to get rescued produce off the farm, but also to contract with those farmers for planned loads. It's a matter of supporting the operations and logistics of this program, and we hear from Ida Posner about how she finds the importance in this program moving forward. My full-time job is actually in railroads and transportation, so I'm a huge nerd about logistics. And when you get to the farm level and when you start thinking about the food system overall, it's really not a food issue, it's a logistics issue. So what's happening in Nogales and with the Community Food Bank is, in my mind, it's like this gateway, right? And if you can open the floodgates, we could get so much more food into the system. And once you start that flow, that momentum will continue. Dana and his team at the Community Food Bank have developed a framework for collaborative supply chains that's really interesting, and it's being applied to this U.S.-Mexico cross-border pilot program. Dana again. Um, At at the end of the day, all of this, you know, hunger relief work is about logistics. Um, It's logistics 101. We're not splitting the atom, but there's a lot of moving pieces. And so for more than probably 
20 years, Arizona has a history of cooperation amongst its food banks, sharing logistics, sharing assets, sharing in the resources that our state has. And so what we've done is really we built on this model of sort of shared resources and shared logistics that we have within the state of Arizona. Um, the Arizona Food Bank's uh, three or four years ago now formed this thing called the Southwest Produce Cooperative. It's one of eight different produce cooperatives that sort of serve the Feeding America network, if you will. Um, and we started building that membership regionally. Um, we operate as a true cooperative. We have a uh, executive advisory council uh, made up of members. Um, we have codified sort of all of the things associated with being a cooperative into our into our agreements that we share with each other. And so we have this real partnership. But what we've done is we've built that regionally to, to include asset and logistics sharing outside of the state of Arizona. Taking this operational framework of cooperation and shared assets, building reciprocal relationships along the supply chain, we can implement as part of the cross-border pilot sourcing from farms in Mexico, a partnership with local food banks and local farms that brings more food into Mexican communities as well as into the U.S. communities that need fresh produce in the winter months. We've had a lot of cross-border work with food banks in uh, in Mexico for some time. You know, coming together and talking about sort of you know the bo the border is sort of this artificial division for the city of Nogales. Um, 20-some thousand people live on the U.S. side and 300-plus thousand live on the, the Mexico side. And, and there's a very porous border as far as people going back and forth for jobs and work and families and things like that. And um, so we've, ha we've always had these ongoing relationships with community at the border, but also with food banks that have come to us and talked to us about, you know, wanting to learn from us or wanting to share their best practices and wanting to share resources and looking for help during some times of flooding or natural disasters, especially down in Mexico. And, um, and so it was a natural outgrowth of the sort of the initial partnerships that we've already sort of developed with some of those other food banks. The one thing that we don't want to do is build an extractive model from Mexico that is just about taking excess produce and bringing it to the U.S. It's as much about trying to make a difference in the communities in Mexico. You know, we, we benefit tremendously in this country from uh, the work and labor that's going on in Mexico right now with the, the folks that are growing and harvesting and producing and packaging all of the fresh produce that comes into the U.S. And so there's an opportunity for us to give back to the community that's helping us and helping us in this country. And that's really sort of the root and basis of the work that we're trying to do down there, doing it in partnership. And I'll tell you, we've learned as much as we've taught with our, our food bank partners. And there are many, many things that food banks in Mexico are doing that are so much more progressive than in the U.S., especially around social justice work. And so it's just been this really great partnership. And a natural outgrowth of that has been to try to do something about food waste in Mexico that is just as terrible as it is in the U.S., if not worse in some areas to capture food that it would otherwise just go to waste in the field. And so much of what, you know, happens with Mexican produce is determined by the economics of the U.S. market. The Community Food Bank has been able to expand and develop the cross-border produce rescue with innovative, strategic, philanthropic support from the Fink Family Foundation. 
Yeah, so the Fink Family Foundation support of Community Food Bank has been a really interesting and innovative model in itself of philanthropic support of a nonprofit where they fund Community Food Bank to be able to hire me as a consultant to increase the capacity of the great work that they're already doing. So my role has been as a Fink Family Foundation fellow for the past two years to really support the strategic communication like with this podcast, What is American Food?, and also the fundraising goals of Community Food Bank's Produce Rescue Program in Nogales. The Posner Foundation out of Pittsburgh supports the operational costs of sourcing and sharing produce being left in fields in Mexico. Here's Ida Posner once again, explaining how she realized the importance of the work that's being done there. It's incredible. 84% of our winter produce comes from Mexico, and it is something that you know, as someone who has always primarily lived in a city and gone to, you know, grocery stores or farmers markets to get my food, I just had no sense truly of where it was coming from. So that was really eye opening. And then to think about how much is being wasted and how much is just being left on the farm was even more staggering. And I think that we're starting to gain some momentum on food waste around food recovery. You know, we we recognize that if you have a party, you should think of a plan for what you're going to do with the leftovers. And and again, we have great organizations doing food recovery and and delivering meals to people in need. Funders in the food waste, food recovery world have found great resources and networking through ReFed. ReFed is really interesting to me because it's a national multi-stakeholder nonprofit that includes leading businesses, nonprofits, foundations, and government leaders all committed to reducing U.S. food waste. It's effective in taking a data-driven approach to move the food system from acting on instinct to insights to solve our national food waste problem. It's also where Hannah and Dana met Ida at ReFed's 2019 Food Waste Summit in San Francisco. Here's Ida Posner again, talking about the Posner Foundation's support for this cross-border produce rescue program. So when we started conversations um, with, with Hannah and Dana, it was clear that you know we could try this pilot project of having basically a guy in a truck trying to source excess produce in Mexico and get it across the border into the the supply chain to the food banks in the U.S. And that missing link was really what was holding back all of this excess produce from entering the U.S. food system. So now, and thanks to Fink Family Foundation for strategic support, a pilot program is underway, supported by Posner Foundation, to run a U.S.-Mexico cross-border sourcing program building on Community Food Bank's three years of cooperative logistics and asset sharing in the Southwest. That will add at least 20 million more pounds of fresh produce to our emergency food system's supply in the winter months. And so... It was honestly, when you know we heard about this project, it was so exciting because it really fits with so many of the things that we were trying to do, which is look at areas where other people aren't funding, try and find the levers that are going to open up a lot of other resources or you know drive a lot of excess momentum to reduce food waste generally. So it's been a really fascinating learning opportunity, and we're really excited to see how the pilot goes. That increase of 50% of produce with an additional 500 semi-tractor trailer loads will not only increase supply, it'll also support the need and sustainability for a repack workforce development program in Nogales. 
This program is creating jobs to ensure mixed loads are available for smaller food banks and produce boxes available for COVID-19 drive-through distribution models and First Nation communities needing additional support. Hannah, can you tell us a little bit more about this pilot and particularly the REPAC program and how you frame that in the grant proposal? Currently, there are obstacles to food leaving Nogales through food bank channels. Firstly, Community Food Bank currently operates a lean drop and hook model, so more challenged product that could be diverted from landfill with a repack program doesn't because recipient food banks do not want to sort through product that is further challenged three days after it was shipped. So the problems need to be solved in Nogales. It's important to think about what we can do in Nogales with a hired crew maybe a job training program that can serve to solve this problem of calling out product that just isn't going to make it to the end customer and make it so that Nogales is providing this service before it even gets on a truck. So secondly, the repack programs can take straight loads of a single product like tomatoes and peppers from a different load and a different donor and create two loads with 10 pallets of tomatoes and 10 pallets of peppers. And this is a really important thing for food banks that are smaller or that don't have enough capacity to be sourcing straight loads of product, but need to be able to provide a variety of food to their end customers. And as much as we would like to think that, you know, pounds are what are actually feeding our people in this country, it is really important to know and to think about, you know, what do you do with a case of tomatoes if it's just handed to you? Well, you might have the time to go preserve it, but we really need to think about that end customer human-centered experience of variety and choice. And this is what we want to be able to create with a repack program is before these loads even leave Nogales, they are tailored to the needs of the different food banks based on size, based on capacity to distribute Maybe they need the produce boxes pre-filled. And so that's the third option with the repack program is that product that is sourced specifically from Mexican farms at a higher cost can be turned into affordable produce boxes for recipient organizations when combined with the free donated product in Nogales. So Nogales is an incredible leverage point where you can create affordable options for all the different kinds of nonprofits that are doing food emergency work and food banks that are very different in size and in nature and what they're trying to do. And Nogales is the opportunity to not only source from Mexican farms where they have surplus, but to turn this product that is donated in Nogales into a service that has the end customers in mind. And so that's where community food banks workforce development programs attached to this repack program and the ability to distribute this food in strategic ways can start to address the root causes of hunger, which is what Community Food Bank is really all about. That makes me look at the semi-tractor trailers in a really different way to think about what's inside of them, tailored for specific food banks. Yeah, so what we're talking about now is turning three years of experience and sort of this logistics model of in and out, you know, truckload in, truckload out, where Dana and his team have wanted to handle the product the least possible because they don't want to take it out and change the temperature and put it back in. And so they have it stored basically almost on the truck, ready to go to the next food bank that says, I'll take it. But there's very little flexibility in what's able to be offered currently. And with a hired crew with a job training program, 
uh, with additional support, you can layer in all of the social impact that goes into then creating ultimately a better service that also has more value. See, food banks will pay slightly higher prices for planned loads, for mixed loads, and certainly for produce boxes that are pre-made in Nogales. So this is also a way for Community Food Bank to position itself strategically in a nonprofit revenue generating model where they can start to sustain the one and a half million dollars that they invest in this produce rescue program every year. And it's our responsibility, but also in our interest as a country to make sure that Community Food Bank is sustainable in feeding our country in the winter months with this incredible fresh produce. It's so much of a more rounded approach, it feels like. And like you said, there's all these wins along this repack program. Absolutely. The other piece of it is that local people in Nogales don't always have year-round jobs in a very seasonal market. And to be able to provide local people with the opportunity to expand their skill set and maybe get higher paying jobs instead of entry level jobs is really an important thing that Community Food Bank, given that they're managing this big logistics system already, can offer back to the community rather than stay such a small, lean team, which has been an incredible accomplishment from the perspective of Dana and his operations team, they can expand to hire more people, to train more people that want to go into the produce sector because that's the biggest employer in Nogales. And there frankly should be a big training program there to help capture and train the labor force that is going into then serving all of us our food that goes out into the U.S. from Nogales. Let's hear from Dana Yost again. My food bank is you know, heavily invested in workforce development, trying to provide job training for folks. I believe passionately that hunger is not going to be solved by charity. It's going to be solved by justice. I believe that racial discrimination, systemic racism are major factors in contributing to poverty. I believe that food banking in general is a failed strategy to do something about hunger relief. That doesn't mean that people that are hungry today don't need the resources and um, the support that food banks give them. The people that I meet in the sector of food waste and rescue and emergency feeding operations are impassioned. Feeding people every day, it's like helping them be whole again. And food banks measure themselves in meals served, number of clients served, and those semi-tractor trailers we keep talking about that represent tons of food. Yet there are personal stories too, and we think that those are just as important to share. Here's Dana again. I've been in a situation personally in my life when I was younger to be food insecure. I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to be homeless. And, and so I know the critical need of uh, when you're in those positions of getting food immediately, getting it today. And so that work is, that work is important. It's critically important. But that work in and of itself doesn't do anything to get at you know, what I'm calling the root causes of, of hunger. What I, what I don't want to do is have my grandkids... 30 or 40 years from now, have to do this exact same job. All this work is meant to ensure more people have nutritional security in this country with more dignity, more choice, and more joy. 
Food distribution cannot be measured by the pounds distributed. We don't measure our farm-to-table dinner at a local restaurant by how much the plate of food weighs. I mean, it's about the joy it creates, the sense of belonging, and the love from others who share it with you. And Community Food Bank has a lot of love and a lot of fresh produce to share with the rest of this country. So we need to support it. We need to improve the food rescue so that it's a human-centered service for food security nationally. We need to make sure it's sustainably sourced fresh produce if possible and where possible, and that it's socially driven, creating impact all along the supply chain. If we're going to do this work of produce rescue, we have to start building the new food system in the produce rescue programs that we're designing. And that's what Community Food Bank is doing, and I'm extremely proud to be working with them on this project. Thanks for listening, everybody, to the second episode of What is American Food? Our podcast about how our food system is designed. I'm Allie Burlow, and we're exploring these widespread assumptions and gaps in the knowledge that we have in the U.S. about the food we eat year-round. And thank you. I'm Hannah Semler. What is American Food? Explores the stories we tell and don't tell about our food security and nutritional health in the U.S. And what is American Food to you?